Tell me about how your life has been since the last time I've seen you. Well, the last time I've seen you, uh, you know what I mean on video, Texas. <laughs> You're like, let's not start. <laughs> bad start, bad start, bad start. Uh, this week is better than last week. That's good. You know, for the most part, I got all of my stuff done. Uh, I mean, that was due like this today. But I still have a lot more to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and every week from now on. Exactly. Till the ends of time. Or till I'm like retired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what about like you? Times. Y- you right. Um, I'm doing okay. I have a contract on a house. <gasps> congratulations that's awesome i'm really excited yeah i would expect so that's awesome yeah this week has been it's been a week like normal but yeah. i had to do over a hundred progress reports today yeah yeah it's very monotonous but yeah that's just how it be sometimes yeah you're not wrong <laughs> Anyways, well, that's cool. What is our topic for today? It is what we unanimously decided last time was candles. Yeah. Which, which after thinking about it more, I was like, we kind of did talk about candles with your personal story. Oh, yeah, the cupcake. (laughs) But... These are different. So I'm pretty excited. Do you like candles? I do. I have mine lit right now. It's a Yankee candle called Moonlight. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. See, I, growing up, was always like a vanilla lavender. Or my favorite growing up was a vanilla lime. Interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting sounding smell. But it was my favorite. My favorite was the ocean smelling ones. Oh yeah. There was yeah. There was one that smelled like my dad's cologne. Uh-huh. It was like a teal Yankee candle and that was my favorite. See, I am pretty good with a lot of different of the candle smells, but the ones that I can't stand and I don't know if people do like love this one or if it has cult following or whatever, but I do not like the fresh linen smell. Really? I can't stand it. Hmm. I have a weird thing with smells. Like, in real life, if I go outside and, like, someone's cutting grass, that mm-hmm. smell makes me gag. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. I like that smell. I know, and a lot you of people like do. You don't like the smell of distress. <laughs> I mean, I love the smell of gasoline, but that's different. <laughs> I love the smell of the planet dying. <laughs> yes. <Oof. laughs> no, I don't. Um... But, yeah, the smell of grass is a warning to all other blades of grass that there is mm-hmm. danger approaching. <laughs> yep. Um, Scientifically proven. But I actually like the smell of linen. I hate 
food smelling candles because it's like a lot. Sweets? At any kind of food. Hmm. I don't like yeah. Unless it's like cinnamon and apple, but even yeah. then it's really I was gonna... sweet still. Uh-huh. Know? But cinnamon, period, smells like Christmas. So I'm totally about that. So I don't mind spices, I guess. But like pumpkin pie or sugar cookie or yeah. like pecan pie or yeah, chicken. I, I have seen that. Chicken. <laughs> yeah, I am the same. I don't really like those kinds of smells either. I yeah. do. I do like the like apple and cinnamon. Just anything that smells like Christmas, I'm down for. Heck yeah, man. Christmas all the time. Yes. But I'm more of like a nature smell or like aromatherapy or something like that. Oh, I love the smell of like lemongrass or frankincense. Mm -hmm. But yes, same. The best time of year for candles is definitely Christmas. 100%. I was so into Scentsy's one year. Like I love Scentsy's. And I forgot. I forget what my favorite smell was called, but it was a Christmas one that only came out during like the winter season and it had a slight hint of peppermint. Ooh. Oh my gosh. I love and I've never even smelled it. It was great. It was a light (laughs) blue color or a light white blue or something like that. Mm hmm. Fave. Well, we've talked about candles for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) This needed to be done. Do you want to get on doing the stuff? Uh-huh. All right. Here's my trivia number one. <laughs> I made both of my questions kind of pop culture-y, so you might get them. <gasps> That's a first. I would actually say it's more like media. Like, they're both from different movies. Okay. They're popular ones. Okay. Trivia number one. What color is the milk that Luke drinks in Star Wars? A, blue. B, green. C, pink. D, orange. Or E, white. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I think it's green. Is, is it green? Your, is that your answer? Yeah, I don't remember. It's blue. Ah, it's like a very pale blue, and no, apparently, no. apparently, it actually tasted really, really gross. But Mark Hamill was like, "I have to drink the blue milk on camera; like, it has to be done." So it needs to happen right now. Yes. Okay. Okay, I got it. My first one, including the full moon. When is the waning crescent moon in the moon phases? A, number six. B, number five. C, number seven. D, number eight. Or E, number two. Okay. So including the full moon, and we're starting with the full moon? Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. If I remember correctly, you start with the full moon. That's one. So then Uh you go into... I don't remember the word. It's not the crescent, but it's one of the waxings. And then it's the first quarter. So that's three. And then it's the waxing crescent. Oh, I could be so wrong. Four. 
New Moon is five. Waning is six. Waning Crescent is number six. What letter was that? <laughs> That's A. I'm gonna okay, so it's either six or it's two, but I'm gonna go with A, number six. It was actually two. Ah, flap. I was close. You could tell my brain was working. Yes, ma'am. Yes, Oof. ma'am. That's okay. Unless the picture I looked at was wrong. Your turn. Okay. <laughs> this one, I think you might, like, really, really have a chance. Because I think, I think you'll know this. In what Hogwarts class or extracurricular activity might you find a mandrake? A. Charms. B. Quidditch. C. Care of magical creatures. D. Herbology. Or E. Potions. What was the... A mandrake? Yes, ma'am. Herbology? You are correct. <gasps> okay, great. That's a screaming one, right? The, in, in Harry Potter, <laughs> yes. Those little screaming okay, babies. See, I didn't I want thought... to second guess myself. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Mm. Okay, let's hear yours. So in color therapy, what does the color purple mean? A. Inspiration. B. Healing. C. Heart. <laughs> D, D. Devotion. Or E. Love. For some reason, when you said devotion, it was like a light shined upon me. <laughs> so I'm gonna say devotion, just because that word really just stood out, even though I thought it was the one before it. But I'm gonna go with devotion. It's actually A. Inspiration. I refuse. God told me it was devotion. <laughs> Did you have a revelation? Is that what happened? <laughs> no, I had a freaking crack dream is what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been getting a lot of sleep lately. You know, as you do. How it be? Well, I got zero of yours, right? <laughs> and you got one of mine. So that's oh. about how we normally do. <laughs> no. I meant as a total. You're a lie. <laughs> Well, I guess I'll go into my story. Yes. Okay. So, I drew lore. <laughs> okay. And what I found is very interesting. And it I'm involves... Ready? Yeah, it involves a story. <gasps> Yay! So, I'll be reading you a little story today. But first, I'm going to tell you the name of what I'm talking about. It's called... The Hand of Glory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have any guesses as to what the Hand of Glory is? I really don't want to. <laughs> I'm just going to be told okay. what it means. <laughs> you, you plead the fifth? I, I do. <laughs> okay. Talk to my lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So first off, I want to say that the title is misleading. Because there's not just, like, one The Hand of Glory. There's, like, a bunch of them. Like... <laughs> It's just a garden full of hands of glories, you know? <laughs> Yee. No. Um, and this is a little gross. But this is what a hand of glory is. It is the dried and pickled hand of a man who had been hanged. Okay. That's so gross. Why would you pickle that? I will you get could, there. <laughs> you know, you could have, like pickled anything else 
Well, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll get there because I don't know if it's like a pickle. <laughs> like, I don't know if <laughs> I think it means like preserved. Right, 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 right. And then you pickle the hand so it doesn't go bad. Yeah. You put it in vinegar. Sure. You boil it. You put it in vinegar. Well, you let it cool. <laughs> Do you want me to tell you the story or are you going to tell me the story? I you know oh, it. is this a part of the story? <laughs> I just know how to pickle things. <laughs> I was going right. to teach you how to pickle something. <laughs> I live in Texas. You think I don't know how to pickle things? I mean, you never know. If you don't know how to pickle things, you're fake. Calling it out right now. People made hands of glory because they believed that when used as a candle or a candle holder, it would contain magical powers. We will unravel that in a minute. I, I won't unravel the hand. It will smell so bad. <laughs> Descriptions of the hand are different depending on who you ask, but that's kind of the main, like, what you do to get a whatever. So there is a story that I found featuring a hand of glory that I wanted to read to you, and I'm going to do that. I'm also going to link it in the description. It's a little bit long. I hope you don't mind. On the edge of a small town from a hastily erected gallows, two bodies, dead for not more than a few hours, cast ominous shadows as they swung gently in the summer breeze. In the blood-red glow of the sinking sun, the black silhouettes of crows could be seen, swooping and picking at the remains of the once powerfully framed men who now occupied the ropes. The gnarled wood from which the ropes were suspended creaked slightly as they swung, as if the gallows itself was softly breathing. Ew. <laughs> you don't like that figurative language? <laughs> I don't want to breathe in gala. Sorry. In life, both men had been brutal. One had robbed with much violence and the other murdered without pity or remorse. Nobody had cheered them on their final journey to the gallows or shed any tears at their death or petitioned the authorities to remove their bodies for burial. So there they Question. swung. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Would that make the name Glory wrong? Nobody liked them and nobody came like they didn't achieve anything except for hatred. Would that be considered Glory? <laughs> You'll see why it's called Glory. Okay. okay. Yeah. So there they swung as a warning to deter other foolish enough to be considering a life of crime. However, they were not the only ones casting a shadow that night. In a nearby lane hidden deep in the gloom of the gallows huddled two men, crouched behind some barrels and old tarred rope. They waited patiently for the red sky to turn to black. The taller man had a pockmarked face and swarthy skin. His eyes were mismatched in color and direction. I don't know why that was added, but it was. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> yep. We're going to move on from that. Oh, it gets worse. It says his eyes were mismatched in color and direction so they could hold clearly no one's gaze. <laughs> he clearly was not the favorite character. <laughs> He's a bad guy, duh. He carried a grimy canvas bag caked with dirt and stained with dried blood. The other man was smaller with pinched figures and eyes that constantly flicked around. The smaller man held in his hand a knife. The blade had been lovingly honed to such a degree of sharpness that it would meet with little resistance, even when slashing through the toughest of materials. As the full moon rose in the sky and the hour approached midnight, he began to chant softly. 
Blade born of fire and sharpened with stone, work well your spell, for tonight is flown. Approaching now the witching hour, endow us with your magic power. As the church clock struck twelve, the two men crept swiftly and silently from their hiding place. In a matter of seconds, the smaller man had grasped tightly the right hand of his nearest corpse and lofted off with one swift slash of his knife. As it detached from the body, he cast it into the open canvas bag held by the second man. They retreated once more to the dark shadows of the night. A couple of hours later, in a dim candlelit room, the two men watched an old woman wrap the hand in a piece of winding sheet and draw it tight to remove any remaining blood. As she worked, she was muttering incantations. Carefully, she bent up the fingers so that when the back of the hand was laid flat, they curved into an upright position. Next, she powdered the hand with niter, which I'm guessing is like nitrous. Yeah, I don't know I what I don't know what that is. Salt and long pepper, and placed it in an earthenware jar. She nodded to the men, indicating the work was complete. Two weeks later, the hand was removed from the jar, and for many weeks during the dog days of the summer, it laid on a back window sill in the small dwelling, exposed to the noontide sun. Four months passed. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how bad that probably smelled? Real bad. <laughs> Ooh. Also, I'm just thinking of the candle in Hocus Pocus. <laughs> yeah, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> okay. In early October, the parched fingers, now thoroughly dried and grayed, were anointed by the old woman with a mixture of oil and wax. The men looked triumphant. Now they had a weapon with power above all others. Soon they would be rich beyond their wildest imaginings. It was the evening of the 27th of October, 1797. And in an old stone inn, which was high on the moors, four people sat huddled around a blazing log fire that crackled and spat on the broad hearth. They listened as fierce gusts of wind lashed raindrops as big as pennies across the battered window casement, striking the glass with such ferocity that it seemed as if the small panes must surely shatter. The rambling old inn lay on a remote moorland pass. It offered the only shelter for travelers for many miles, as well as stabling and a place for stagecoaches to change horses. Consequently, the owners were kept well informed of all of the latest gossip. Recent, yeah. <laughs> Recent tales had included shocking details of robberies in nearby villages. Several households had lost all of their monies and valuables whilst they slept. That would suck so bad. <laughs> Oof. It reminds me of that episode, what was it, Drake and Josh, when they come home and everything's gone, and they're like, we've been robbed! Yeah. <laughs> hey. Hey, wake up. What? We've been robbed! <laughs> I could totally see that. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, check your pockets. Oof. Ooh. Ooh. It would be a hard winter for those left without the means to help support their businesses. The innkeeper and his wife were discussing the robberies with their only guest that night, a soldier traveling north to visit his family. A little way back from the fire sat a young servant girl. She was spinning by the firelight and listening intently as the soldier spoke. The innkeeper's only son had already retired to bed early with a slight fever. The last coach had gone by and the house door had been secured for the night. Shaking his head in disgust, the traveler finished his account. Everything was taken while they slept, and they never heard a thing. Yes, it's bad times, the inn owner agreed. Are you sure the inn's secure? Asked his anxious wife. <laughs> Would what? you say that the inn is insecure? Stop it. <laughs> so, by the way, 
every time it says someone's talking, it's written like with an Irish accent. <laughs> Are you serious? Like it says, "I tis bad times." Are you sure it's in this secure? Like that's how it's written, <laughs> and I'm just doing my best to make it readable. I think you should read it like that. What are you doing? This is no. a missed opportunity. Please, please, no. please give it to us. <laughs> we need it. No. Um, I don't need people making fun of me. <laughs> More than they already are. No. I don't know what you're talking about. I would you say you're insecure. <laughs> These people had been fortunate recently to win a large sum of money at the fair and it was now stowed away in a strong box in the small parlor at the side, along with the other family treasures. I'd say so, said the innkeeper. Lost in thought, the innkeeper looked towards the deeply recessed windows in the thick walls, which were strongly barred with iron, and then glanced at the stout oak door, which was chained, banded, and bolted. Their conversation at the end, the group were just considering retiring to bed when there was a tap at the door. Uh, best slacken the chain, honey, said the innkeeper to the servant girl. See who's outside. I wouldn't want to keep a dog out in a night like this. The girl went to the door and saw that the visitor was a poor woman, shivering, shaking, and soaked to the skin. She opened the door. The woman was stooped and dressed in a long, ragged cloak, the hood drawn partially over her face. Her eyes were mismatched, one blue and one brown, and never held the girl's gaze as she nodded her thanks and entered the room. She walked feebly to an armchair, which the innkeeper pushed hastily forward. Rain streamed from her clothing onto the bare floorboards. The old woman's hands were white with cold as she asked in a croaky voice if she could warm herself by the fire. The woman refused to take off her cloak and have it dried, as well as the offer for food and a bed. She was, as she said, on her way to the north and must start very early. All she wanted was to rest beside the fire and would sleep in the chair. The innkeeper bid her welcome. He was well used to such wayfarers. Shortly afterwards, the innkeeper, his wife, and the soldier went to bed, leaving the servant girl alone with the shivering old woman. As the girl put away her spinning, her eye was caught by something strange. The woman had stretched out her feet to warm them, and the hem of her skirt had raised a little, exposing men's riding gaiters. Riding garters? Garters. It says gaiters, but I'm going to assume it's garters. <laughs> she <laughs> she just has little, alli- little <laughs> alligators on her, <laughs> strapped onto her shins. Yep. <laughs> She's actually from Florida, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The girl felt an instant pang of unease. She was a bright young woman and resolved to keep an eye close on the stranger. I'm sleepy, said the girl, lying down on the long settle at the side of the room. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sleepy. That's what I say to all of the strangers who I I encounter on the way to wherever I'm going. Yes. She says, I'm sleepy. And, uh... After a few minutes, she pretends to fall asleep, but she's still watching the old woman through her half-closed eyes. It was a little time before the figure in the chair stirred. Then she seemed to raise her head as if listening intently. There was no sound but the feigned, heavy breathing of the servant girl. That's what you say whenever you're listening. Hello? No, that's what you do when you're talking. Hello? (laughs) Hello? (laughs) There was no sound. (laughs) Well, this isn't Christmas. There must have been some sort of sound. Well, it says, No sound but the feigned heavy breathing of the servant girl and the wind and the rain battering on the windows. You got (laughs) asthma? How'd you know? Do you have an inhaler I can use, you know? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so if she did have gators on her shins... You're still on this. (laughs) 
Would you say that she's wearing Crocs? I hate you, and I'm continuing. (laughs) The figure rose slowly to its feet, no longer bent, but tall and powerful looking. The cloak was discarded on the chair, revealing the profile, not of an old woman, but a swarthy, harsh-faced man. The servant girl closed her eyes as the figure turned towards her. Moments later, she felt the stranger approach her. Her heart beat so fast, she could hardly keep up the regular deep breathing of pretended sleep. Going back to the chair, the man removed his skirts and extracted from his pocket a cloth-covered bundle. He carefully unwound it to reveal a gray, withered hand with blackened fingers. He he placed this on the plain oak table with the fingers pointing upwards. Next, he placed a spill in the fire, and as he held the spill to each finger, in turn, he chanted in a low but sinister voice, Let those awake their senses keep. Let those who sleep more deeply sleep. Be as dead for the dead man's sake, those whose eyes are not in wake. O skeleton hand, flash out thy blaze, and sharpen still our senses' rays. Each of the fingers instantly flamed, filling the immediate area with a bright, livid gleam. All that is, except for the thumb, which refused to light. The man nodded in satisfaction, believing that there were only four present in the house besides himself. And I'll explain that more later. The girl felt her senses quicken. Never has she felt so awake and so focused. The man continued to chant, looking even more malevolent in the flickering, harsh yellow light. O hand of glory, shed thy light. Direct to that we seek tonight. Light our way to hidden spoils. Make ours the gain of others' toils. Fly open, lock and bolt, and band at the spell of the dead man's hand. Immediately, there were clunks and rattles as throughout the house bolts flew open, chains rattled free, bars fell and locks turned without the aid of a key. The terrible light seemed to scan the room, illuminating in turn each crack and crevice before coming to rest in the direction of the parlor door. Suddenly, the girl felt a blast of cold night air. The man had hastened to the inn door and, on opening it, had given a sharp whistle. Almost instantly, another smaller man entered the inn. Together, the two men went into the parlor. The young girl's heart pounded. She slipped silently off the settle and sped up the stairs on trembling legs, approaching her master and mistress's bedroom. She was determined to do all she could to stop the thieves. Her job and their livelihood depended on it. Slipping into the room, she went quickly to the bed, but the power of the magic had placed all those who had been sleeping into a deep stupor. Despite her desperate attempts to shake them awake, they slept a charmed sleep. They could not stir any more than if they were dead. Indeed, the only evidence that they were not dead was their loud, rattling snores. Filled with horror, she stole quietly back downstairs. The men were still in the small parlor, collecting all the valuables of the house into a large sack. No lock had withstood the power of the magic hand, and even the heavily fortified strongbox now lay open. With little thought to her own safety, the girl rushed to the parlor door, slammed it shut, and turned the key in the lock. In seconds, the men began bashing frantically against the door, and to her relief, the lock held. Seizing the ghastly hand, she ran to the scullery, and picking up a sizable jug of water, she cast it on the burning fingers. It did nothing to extinguish the quivering yellow flames. Fear coursed through her. The robbers were keeping up a fierce battery on the door, and she knew it would not hold for much longer. If the door gave way, all their lives would be in danger. With rising panic, she blew and blew and blew at the flames with all of her might. All of her efforts were in vain, for the fingers continued to burn as brightly as ever. 
In desperation, she grabbed a beer jug and threw the contents across the hand. It only made the fingers burn the brighter still. Frantic tears were pricking her eyes. As a last resource, the girl seized a bowl of blue milk and dashed it over. Immediately, the flames were extinguished. Uttering a piercing cry of relief, she sped towards the stairs. Before she'd reached the bottom, she heard footsteps. The innkeeper, immediately awakened by the terrible sound the robbers were making, had rushed from the room, firearm in hand. Hot on his heels was his son. Soon the whole house was aroused. Within minutes, the thieves were apprehended, tied up, shut up, and barred securely in one of the outhouses until they could be taken to the local lockup and the magistrate informed. Later that night, five people sat huddled round the oak table and five pairs pairs of eyes were fixed on the ghastly sight for the withered hand with his blackened fingers. The innkeeper and his wife had never seen the like, but the old soldier had meant many strange things on his travels. "'Tis a hand of glory," he said, and went on to explain that it was the hand of a dead murderer, made powerful by dark magic. No locks can withstand its force if the right incantation is spoken over it, and, whilst it burns, none asleep in the house can wake. He explained how a finger is lit for each sleeping member of the household. Luckily, the robbers thought only four, not five, were residing in the house. And so it, it goes on, but that's pretty much it. So that's what happened. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, that was kind of a long one. Um, I don't really have a lot. I have some more to say about it, but we that's can get to totally cool. pretty quickly. I'm excited. In this story, the hand itself was the candle. But some stories, it's a candle holder. Mm-hmm. And in those stories, it's where the fingers are bent around the candle, which was made usually from the fat of the dead man. Ew. With the dead man's hair as the wick. <laughs> yeah, so kind of worse. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that so much. <laughs> hmm? Ooh, the, and I bet it yeah. does not smell good whatsoever. It does smell like peppermint. <laughs> 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 or fresh linen. <laughs> no. The magical properties of the hand vary from story to story, but they always relate to things that would help a thief enter the house at night. Okay. So it could be like giving light only to the person who has the candle while everyone else is in darkness. Oof. Or making the owner invisible. Being able to Just burn. get an invisibility cloak. It's not as <laughs> gross. Being able to burn forever without like withering away. Uh, having the power to open any lock in the vicinity, putting to sleep the occupants of a house, or rendering motionless all the people who it's presented to. Um, stuff like that. In the story where the fingers themselves act as the candle wicks, such as the story I just read, each finger that catches fire means somebody inside the house is sleeping. And once that finger is lit, it means that person will be unable to wake up until the flame is extinguished. So if a finger doesn't light, it means that that person is awake or that there are fewer people in the house, which is pretty important because in a lot of these stories, the thieves are usually caught by misjudging the number of people in the house. Because just like in the story I read, he didn't know about the innkeeper's son who was upstairs already. Mm-hmm. Um, how is a Hand of Glory made? Firstly... It has to come from the corpse of a villain still hanging from the gallows. Usually it's the right hand that's taken, especially in the stories where the hand is that of a murderer. Because most people think that that is the hand that did the deed. Because most people... Yeah. What if they are lefty? 
Well, even if they were, most people at that time were trained to use their right hands. Interesting. Uh, the hand had to be taken at the dead of night, preferably during a lunar eclipse. Uh, next, any remaining blood was drained out of the hand and fingers were positioned. Then it was wrapped and pickled. And after two weeks, it's removed and left for several months to dry. If the fingers are going to be lit, they are dipped in wax. If not, a candle is made. The whole process was accompanied by certain rituals, including a poem or an incantation chanted when the hand is used, such as in the story. Um, the candle can only be extinguished by blue milk, which is sterilized milk, which I've never heard that term before. Um, Why is it blue? I don't think it's actually blue, like in color. I, I don't know why it's called that, but because I tried Ew. to look it up. I tried. I tried. And when I looked up blue milk, all that came up was Star Wars. I mean, I'm okay with that. Let's be real. Same, though. Um, but you could protect your home so that the hand can't work inside your home by anointing your doorstep and your window ledges with a mixture composed of the gall of a black cat, the fat of a white hen, and the blood of a screech owl. And that has um, to be prepared during summer. Um... The yes. gall of a cat, like a seagull of a black, cat? Of a black, the, the gall, like bladder, gallbladder. Oh. It's like. <laughs> I don't um, like that. Yeah, no. The term hand of glory, here we go. The term is believed to be derived from the French, and I don't speak French, so I'm sorry, but it's like main de glory, so it's hand of glory in French. Um, the name used, so the same name is used for the supposedly magical mandrake root, which is mandragore, which is the French word for mandrake. Mm. The legend of the hand was thought to be related to the legends of the mandrake, the plant that was believed to grow under the gallows from the seed of a hanged man. Their leaves were thought to resemble hands, and in Saxon time, yeah. In Saxon times, mandrakes are also believed to shine at night like a lamp, which may have added to the ideas of a light for the criminals. Um, huh. this yeah, this legend can be traced at least to the 15th century, but the name Hand of Glory was used like way later. These hands did exist. But <laughs> why? Uh, yeah. Until recently, one was on display at the Whitby Museum in England. Why is it not on display anymore? I think it was stolen, which is very That's ironic. so ironic. <laughs> yeah. So. R.I.P. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there are a number of folk stories associated with the hand, many in north of England, where the belief was most common. Similar myths are known across Europe. And these items were highly prized by criminals in the 16th to early 18th centuries. There are cases of witches being accused for creating Hand of Glory during the witch hunts of the 16th and 17th centuries. In 1590, John Fian is how I'm going to pronounce that name. F-I-A-N. Confessed under torture during his witch trial in Scotland to breaking into a church using a Hand of Glory. However, as the witch hunts drew to a close with the dawn um, of the Age of Reason, the practice of creating Hands of Glory did die out with the belief of the protection they offered. That also died out. That's good. 
Yeah. The reason people thought this worked has its roots in the once widely held belief that certain objects or living things had powers that were related to their looks or characteristics. For example, if a plant had a red stem, it was thought to be good for curing blood diseases. Or if a leaf was kidney-shaped, it was good for treating kidneys, kidney disease based on looks. Hmm. Um, this belief was true not just in folk medicine, but also for objects considered magical. This is known as sympathetic magic. All right. There was also a widely held belief in the magical power of human remains, especially the remains of executed criminals. And the most, the more notorious the criminal, the greater the potency of the magic. Of oh, the magic? Yes. I'm almost done. Criminals, like the rest of the population, were very superstitious. So what better they assumed to put people into a death-like slumber than the burning of a dead man's hand? Or what could create darkness more effectively than the hand of a dark-souled individual removed at the dead of night? What could possibly be more helpful for magically picking locks than the hand of the dead thief and murderer? Milk, however, is associated with new life, nourishment, and growth. The very opposite that to the hand of glory in terms of sympathetic magic. And that's why it can neutralize its power. I just think of the vine. Uh, it's like... Uh, what was it? I want some milk. <laughs> he needs some milk. To close out my story, I wanted to have some little fun facts. Because yes. um, the hand of glory or something very similar to the hand of glory can be seen in a lot of different media sources. So, oh, no. here are some examples. In the book, The House with a Clock in Its Walls, which I think was recently made into a movie... There, There is one mentioned in that book. There can be one seen in the anime Little Witch Academia. On TV, you can see one or hear about one in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Constantine, Supernatural, and more. The Hand of Glory is in the game Dungeons and Dragons and some Hellboy comics. And last but not least, in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Malfoy notices a hand of glory in Borgen and Burks, a shop known in the series for peddling a variety of questionable wares. And he says he wants one. We're just going to leave it at that. Oof. But that's what I got. You sounded like an advertisement for a hand of glory. You're like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Constantine, and Supernatural, and more. <laughs> And we're back. <laughs> Welcome back. Hello. I got and drew. Well, I didn't draw it. Uh, somebody else drew it for me. The paranormal. What? I'm excited. I love ghosts <laughs> or whatever else you consider paranormal. Well, there's kind of some ghosties with it, but you're not not really. I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm excited. It has to do with moons and the color purple. <laughs> it's a good book. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> uh, so, candles, if you haven't known, have been involved with religion and the acts of healing others for centuries. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. We can trace back as far as... 
the ancient Egyptians in terms of them using candles for light as well as for religious practices. Fun fact. However, (laughs) some people believe that candles have more power to them than just of symbolism and natural light. These people usually have the belief that there is a special energy and power within the candle itself. Much like your hand of glory. Oh, it was making me think of, like, the Jesus candles. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But those are also for more symbolism, I guess. Yeah. Like, you can pray with them and stuff, but it doesn't necessarily... Like, that candle is not Jesus. Yeah. Pretty much. So there's (laughs) This candle was a man's hand, though. (laughs) (laughs) This is the hand of glory. (laughs) And power and might. (laughs) (laughs) um so there is a practice that believes um that when you put your thoughts into the universe that if there's a candle it it can put more charge behind that intent and usually it's with wiccans or um uh druids and different uh more spiritual practices okay which is why it is extremely important to protect Uh, Project positive energy and positive thoughts because it affects your own energy when a candle is lit. It's lit. It's lit. That's lit. (laughs) Wow. Um, Which also correlates to burning candles for specific um, intents, I guess. So if you want something to happen... You got to do it with intent and with a candle by your side. Okay. So some people believe in blessing certain candles and burning them on certain days of the week or during certain phases of the moon. And by doing this, there are certain candle prayers that should be said when doing this. For example, if you are looking to find something such as love maybe a candle for a new job or career career hello you should do so during the waxing moon or if you're trying to rid yourself of something like a habit or illness then you should do this during a waning moon hmm okay and candles can also help during meditation due to the hypnotic calming effect that a flame can have on you They also say to combine this with color therapy to give depth and balance to your meditation. Can I input something? I was also going to input something. So, yes, go ahead. Did you ever have a Wii system? Of course I had a Wii system. Did you have the Wii system with the Wii Fit board? I did not. Okay. Well, on that... They had meditation on Wii Fit, and you had to sit on a board, and (laughs) there was a candle, like, flicker, and you were supposed to, like, stay so still that the candle, like, wouldn't go out, like, you're supposed to just be calm and whatever, but you would hear, like, people running around you, like, dum-dum-dum-dum, dum-dum-dum-dum-dum, and it was so scary. That's terrifying. If you moved and the candle went out, I'm pretty sure something, like, yelled, <laughs> it was like so calming until it really wasn't. <laughs> Ooh. I just had to share um, that. I, I'm sure that's a thing. 
That's terrifying. All of the little demons are running around you trying to attack you, but they can't because you're so calm. So my story was, um, the, did I ever tell you about the time when I was flying to Australia? Uh, and I was on that 22-hour flight. And on my so. right, okay, so I was on a 22-hour flight. <laughs> and uh, I was in the middle of the middle. So it's like this huge Airbus. And there's like four seats. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind I went on to Hawaii. Right. Um, but if you I haven't. I was also in it, the middle of the middle. Yeah. Ooh, I'm sorry. So there are three to four seats near the window and then five seats, five to six seats in the middle. And then by the other window, there's like three to four seats. Well, I wasn't. Okay. So I wasn't in the middle of the middle, but I was in. It was a random lady, me, and then four other people who were on my program. Mm -hmm. And the one who I was sitting by on the right could easily fall asleep on the plane. I can't. And um, we had made it through this entire flight without that uh, stranger sitting on my left speaking to me at all. But once we got over Australia, she started talking to me. Like, you could see the Sydney Opera House. We were just mm-hmm. circling to land. And the, this lady was traveling from New York, and she went there by herself. And she was coming back to her homeland of Australia. And she asked me what I was doing and all this stuff. And I thought that it was just a normal conversation. And then... That's when the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> <laughs> she, um, I asked her what she was doing, like what, uh, in New York and what her job was. And she was like, oh, I'm a color therapist. And I was like, whoa, that's so cool. What does that even imply? <laughs> and she was right. like, uh, she was like, well, I help people, uh, be hypnotized I help people uh deal with like stress um but also different like pseudosciences like um uh past uh past life progressions and different things like that like she would hypnotize people she worked with meditation she did different things like that and um I didn't realize that until I was much older I didn't know what that meant I was definitely innocent and naive to that world. But I was like, okay, what does that have to do with color? And she pulls out of her bag these little bitty vials of colored liquid. And it wasn't just water. It was like there were herbs, uh, oils, Uh and I don't even dye, obviously. But I don't know what the base was. I don't think it was water. I don't know. But she was like, yeah, here's yellow, here's pink, all of these things. Give me your hand. And I said, why? And she <laughs> said, just do it, basically. She was like, trust me, it'll be fine. Your aura seems like it needs to be cleaned a little bit. Let's do that for free. And I was like, bet. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to do. Like, take these I would have done it too. I guess. So I handed her my right hand and she was like looking at um, my hand and she like started to read my palm, I guess. But I was like, 
I didn't really pay attention to it. I don't know why. I kind of blacked out because I was kind of freaked out. Um, so I don't know what she told me. Also, this was many years ago. And so she pulled out the green vial and she dumped like three to four drops on my hand and like rubbed it in and like said a, said something like a mm-hmm. blessing, I guess. And it dyed my hand green <laughs> and it smelled like weed. Ooh. I was so scared. I didn't know what the smell was until I was older, but I was like, oh, what is that smell? It smells weird. And it dyed my hand green for like the rest of the day. I washed my hands. I tried to like get it out and it, it yeah. Wow. <laughs> Fun. Fun times. Happened. I had color therapy done on me. So anyways, going back to this, it can help with your meditation. But there are also some stupor, stupor, hello? Stupor? Super stupor. Stupor. You're stupor. (laughs) Rude. But there are also some superstitions that travel alongside that of lighting a candle at certain times and in certain places, such as lighting a candle from the fire is a sure way to prevent you from ever becoming rich. So don't do it. (gasps) (laughs) I haven't, and now I really won't. (laughs) I mean, these are superstitions, so take it as you may, like the Steve Jobs. Superstitious! (laughs) Yeah. So... Lighting more than two candles at a time can cause bad luck. I have done that. Definitely I would walk that. around. When my parents weren't home, I would walk around and light every single candle just so I could play with the fire. Me too. I got so bad that I would do the whole, like, lick your finger, put it out. Like I do that now. Yeah. <laughs> We're such rebels. Oh, my gosh. Such fire rebels. So if you were having trouble lighting a candle, that means that there is a storm approaching. The oncoming storm. I wonder if that's like scientific <laughs> because of like the <laughs> humidity. <laughs> the moisture. <laughs> yeah, like making the wick so where it won't light. Licking the wick with the moisture. <laughs> that's one moist wick. So, (laughs) if the flame is curling and spiraling, that means that your enemies are plotting. (laughs) It means what? That your enemies are plotting against you. The enemies. So, a candle with a mostly blue or all blue flame, that means that there's a spirit in the room. Or an oncoming frost. Or an impending death. (laughs) Did you know that? I think not. No, no, I knew about... I think I read it in a ghost book as a kid. A ghost book? You know I've read all them ghost books. I mean, so have I, so it's cool. So, let's hope we don't see any blue flames. A flame that wavers to one side means that travel is in your future. I'm about to go light all my candles and see what happens. <laughs> no, don't do that. That's bad luck. What if I only have <laughs> two than three? Then you're fine. I have my one lit. It's pretty lit. So a tall straight flame means that a stranger <laughs> should be expected. Okay. With their glory hand. Their hand of glory. Wait. 
question. If you lit all five wicks, is that one <laughs> candle or five candles? <laughs> That's a good... I think just one candle. <laughs> I don't know. So it's, not, it's not bad luck to light a hand of glory. Well, you know, but if they always get caught... Like, well, they don't always. Okay, well, maybe... Maybe it's best to only go to a household of most likely three, two to three. <laughs> so, you know, there's less of a chance for you to get caught. <laughs> yeah, be smart about it, guys. So a sputtering flame means disappointment or sadness will be coming soon. That's what I see most often. I feel great. <laughs> You're lying. That's not true. <laughs> It's a lemon of a candle. It's just... (laughs) It's doing its best. (laughs) Oof. Um, So, a flame that is suddenly... Okay, this one gets me. I don't get this. So, a flame that is accidentally knocked out or extinguished means that a wedding will be coming soon. Like huh. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect somebody accidentally knocking into a fl- like a burning candle just praying to God that it doesn't light anything on fire would equal wedding. But I mean well, I guess it kind of associates itself because there's like that sheer fear of all of your family being in one place all the time. Well, it doesn't say your wedding. It could it's like <laughs> It's like every two minutes a baby is born. You know what I mean? It's like a wedding happened. Woo! <laughs> you accidentally knock into your candle. Oh, well, I hope they had a fun time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then last but not least, a flame that is suddenly extinguished means a great disaster is coming in the near future. Like by itself? Yeah, it just goes out. Or that means that your candle is out. Because yeah, it had a wick. <laughs> Your wick you know. was too moist. <laughs> Candles are also used to repel evil and negativity within a home. Even though, obviously, there are many indications that uh, show that um, evil can come with candles as well, I guess. Because, you know, you don't want a blue flame. Also, certain colors of a candle, like the body of a candle can mean certain things too and we're gonna go into this because colors yay so red because that's the best color of all of them lies but okay it means energy or courage and to go deeper into it red represents physical pleasures and can stimulate courage strength against enemies you know if your candle is spiraling Hopefully it's on a red candle, so at least you have the strength to go combat them, you know? Yeah. It can confer passion, love, and respect. Respect. It also stimulates energy, health, and willpower. <laughs> I need some of that. <laughs> you need to get yourself some red candles. <laughs> Just align my whole room with it. Rose is kind of red, too. Is great for treating the heart ailments, anxiety, and depression. It is good. So if it's going, hopefully it's on a peak candle because (laughs) anxiety and depression. 
it is good for those who suffer from nightmares. You need a rose candle. Stop looking at me. <laughs> well, I, I'm not. I'm reading. Um, <laughs> it also increases compassion, admiration, love, friendship, fidelity, and calmness. So orange is generosity or plenty. So plenty of generosity. Like Thanksgiving. Help- exactly. Give thanks. It is helpful with balancing and helps promote promote it helps promote mental agility and energy uh, success and stamina it helps with success action and promotion it gives encouragement adaptability and stimulation and it cleanses negative attitudes situations and places you know what else (laughs) cleanses negative attitudes what gasoline (laughs) yeah just kidding don't come after me. They're all just going to come for you. Oh, I know. With the gasoline. They just wanted a Frappuccino. And they couldn't get it. Yep. Because they were playing in the gasoline. So yellow, it's the unknown. It, mean, it, it represents the unknown. Because why yellow? Why are you having a yellow candle? It's unknown to me. <laughs> because lemons. <laughs> it can be white. Um, so yellow represents attraction, charm, confidence, and persuasion. <laughs> it can help stimulate mental clarity, knowledge, and, uh, concentration. I can't read. It also stimulates logic and helps overcome mental blocks. <laughs> and gold, which is kind of yellow. So gold helps promote understanding and is said to bring out fast luck with money. It it is used to help heal all inner wounds and confer money smarts. Mm. I've never seen a gold candle. Unless it was like a white candle painted gold. I don't think I've seen a gold one either. So green equals prosperity or healing. So green promotes prosperity fertility and success it helps stimulate good luck and increase money as well as harmony and rejuvenation it also represents healing health and growth as well as attracts love and social delight so i just need to walk around with a green candle and maybe i'll, I'll find my true love mm-hmm. carry oh around God. a red one and a green one christmas <laughs> but no beatrice had a dream the other night i hope she doesn't mind me telling this but she was like running around a mall and there was this really like cute guy catching her attention and all this stuff and she just suddenly had handfuls of spinach with spinach in her mouth as well (laughs) and then he like came and talked to her but she couldn't really speak because it was like becoming almost uh, peanut butter um, Mm -hmm. like the sustenance of peanut butter what is it? The consistency. There we go. Of peanut butter. <laughs> and uh, she couldn't talk, but then she was able to swallow. Um, but she just had handfuls of spinach. So maybe it's because she was trying to attract love. Maybe. Whoa. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> the subconscious is a real thing. So dark green is the color of ambition, greed, and envy. But it also relates to personal goals. So if you want to be greedy, 
light a dark candle because that's your personal goal. Do it. Well, what color are your candles, just by the way? I mean, I have one that I made, like, homemade, so it's like a white. But it has frankincense and lemongrass and cadmium or something like that. (laughs) And then I have a red one. And then I have... (laughs) I have a jelly one. It's a jelly candle with like oranges, like orange slices in it. Yummy. But I normally use my diffuser because my parents don't like candles. So I'll get more candles when I get my own house. Why don't they like candles? Because my mom burns houses. (laughs) Ah, I see. (laughs) Well, my candle is dark blue. Okay. So blue, because that's the next color, equates to love and emotions. So dark blue promotes laughter and joy as well as loyalty. It can induce wisdom and self-awareness. It can also promote sleep and dreams and a calming atmosphere. Need me some of that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Light blue helps increase peace, tranquility, patience, and calmness. And royal blue is mostly used to confer wisdom and protection and good fortune. It also increases spiritual awareness and increases communication. Indigo is the color of inertia and can help stop situations. (laughs) Inertia. (laughs) It helps stop situations. So if you're in a bad situation, just pull pull out an indigo candle and light it in front of them. And I'm sure they'll be stopped in their tracks, either with confusion confusion or with sheer, holy cats, it's an indigo, like, colored candle. I can't go anymore. (laughs) Turquoise. Turquoise. Turquoise can help with healing, prosperity, peace, growth, awareness, meditation, creativity, and neutrality. Net neutrality. I'm sure sure, uh, Switzerland has only turquoise candles. Of course. Purple. 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 Is uh, linked with inspiration and spirit. Purple is used to to obtain desires, power, and success. It can also represent idealism and can increase enthusiasm, desire, and power. Right. Violet Violet can help. I don't know what the difference is, but violent, violent, no, violet can help with strength, success, idealism, and independence and financial success. Lavender is of the mother. Lavender is for consciousness, selflessness, spirituality, compassion, understanding, inspiration, and is very calming. Pink is for revelation and for joy. It represents emotions from the heart and raises energy and helps draw in love. Dark pink represents friends and family and healing within the family. It promotes romances and friendship. It brings in hope and can promote restful sleep. Nice. Nice. A lot of these have like interlapping Mm -hmm. things. Like the different colors within the main color. Well, or like there has been a couple that are good for sleep and there's been a couple that are good for one thing. So if you don't like blue, you can get pink. Right. 
You got options. <laughs> That's always good to have options, right? Oh, yeah. Light pink represents devotion, love, tenderness, and faith. Magenta is used to energize and can help with healing. Peach promotes rest. <laughs> Princess Peach promotes restoration and rejuvenation and confers with softness and gentleness. Aww. Oh, my. Burgundy <laughs> rep- <laughs> represents passion and rekindling, but that's it. There's no deeper. <laughs> there's no deeper. That's it. That. Black is with black is with comfort and authority. <laughs> nice. Uh, this color is used for deep meditation to ward off negativity. Gray is useful with when pondering complex and issues and can help neutralize negative influences without repro- re- reproductions. So, uh, you know. That's your best bet. White is for vision and protection. White is pure. It helps with protection, uh, truth, unity, peace, purification, happiness, spirituality. Ivory, uh, the off color of white, is used for neutrality, balance, and harmlessness. Silver encourages, but only encourages, uh, stability and can help with dreams. <laughs> um and brown, the last but not least, brown, the most stable of all of them. Poop. Uh, <laughs> ah, poop. Uh, it's for pets protection. Protection. <gasps> it helps. Protect- yeah, you need this. And I peace. need so many. It's the PPP. Uh, brown. Uh, pets protection and peace. It is a stable and balanced color. It can help with indecisiveness and improve powers of concentration and study as well as help with financial success we both See, need this brown is... <laughs> this is the best kind of candle out of all of them if we ever brown. get if we ever get like a big following and they want to send us presents i'm just gonna request right now brown candles <laughs> no the spells <laughs> Yeah, like, we know full well that we probably aren't going to have a big following. But I'm just saying, if there ever is any, give me that brown candle. (laughs) The brown candle is the best candle. (laughs) Obviously, if it helps protect my dog. And he is brown. He's fawn brown. That's it. That's it? That's it. I enjoyed learning about those colors because I've I, I've heard of the like color archetypes in like literature and stuff. Like, why do you like, think the author made the curtains blue? Or wasn't I don't know who wrote it. Was it um, Edgar Allan Poe? I don't know, but there was that story about the different rooms at a house party, like the red room. There's a blue room. That's where people would go for calm, calming. Oh, I don't know that one. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Like, you would walk through the house, and if you got to the black room at the end of the hallway, then that's where death was lingering, and oh, that's so where you'd go to die. Basically, just life. Yeah, it was representing the different phases of life. Gotcha. Yeah. It reminds me of the book that I had to read when I was in my like. One of my dual credit classes when I was at my other school, there was a book, or it was a short story called um, The Yellow Wallpaper. 
And it was about a hmm. guy who stared at the yellow wallpaper so long he started seeing stuff in it and it like drove him mad. I mean, I mean, I would too if I was forced to stare at a yellow wallpaper. It was pretty interesting. Okay, we don't. You tell the people where to find us. I will do a random <sighs> state. Okay. So. You can find us at ACOTA on Instagram and Twitter. That is A-C-E-A-O-T-A. Um, if you want to send us in your listener stories, you can send them to our Gmail at ACOTAPodcast at gmail.com. That is A-C-E-A-O-T-A podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and subscribe to us on uh all of the places that you listen to your podcast and the best place to rate us and like us on is on itunes so just look us up there and tell and leave us, us what you think yeah leave us a rating and uh a noise a like a noise leave us a noise and once we get more of them we will shout you out on our next listener stories. Woo woo. Um, so I just did the generator. Have we done Alaska? We have not. <laughs> well, that's that's what it came up with was Alaska. I mean, we're searching for Alaska. Looking for Alaska. You were so close. I'm searching for the right look for Alaska. Oh, <laughs> um, we forgot to rock paper scissors last time. Oh right. So, let's rock, paper, scissors. They want to join. Yeah. They know we're almost done. I know, that was sad. (laughs) So, let's rock, paper, scissors real quick, and whoever wins will be the first one chosen. Okay? Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Victory for the South. All right. I will have someone choose for you, and it'll be all hunky-dory, and we're doing Alaska. Are we searching or looking? We are looking for Alaska by John Green. (laughs) With much love, as always. Forever and ever. Okay. No matter what color candle you like. We love you anyways. Okay. (laughs) Thanks. Goodbye. Goodbye now. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. Sorry, I'm I'm being distracted because my dog is eating his foot. <laughs> okay, he stopped. Wait, 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 wait. You like glitched out. Bentley was like gnawing on his foot. Oh, cute. I was distracted. He was really going for it. <laughs> How many pickles did Peter Piper pick? How many pecks of pickled peppers did Peter Piper pick? Mm-hmm. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. If Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers, how many pickled peppers did Peter Piper pick? <laughs> Do you want to hear the one that I always did as a kid? Yes. So you know that how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? People would so, tell me that all the time, and I would just go, I don't know, a woodchuck woodchuck, however much a woodchuck could chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood. Boom! You're just gross. I know. <laughs>